Hello, everybody. I'm here in Boston at the Autonomous Mobile Robotics and Logistics Conference, which is co-located with the Vision Show this year. And I happen to be lucky enough to be with Josh Cloer from Mugen, Director of Sales. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Josh. This is our first time to meet and my first time to see your company. So um, uh, let's start off with just a little bit about Mugen before we go into the really cool demo sure. that you got over at the booth. Yeah, absolutely. So Mugen is a robotics technology company. Mm -hmm. We're really flipping uh, the, the way you program robots on its head. So instead of directly programming kind of the waypoints and the workflows right. with, with like a, a human programmer for each application. Or a pendant. Or, or, yeah, you know, a human controlling the pendant and telling the robot what to do, basically. We, we are creating robots uh, that are aut autonomous. So we're modeling the environment. We're telling the system about what, what, it, what the environment looks like, what the surroundings are, what the type of application is, um, what type of gripper and what type of robot, and ultimately, uh, allowing it to make decisions about how to solve the problem within the application, you know, maybe picking a case off of a pallet and putting it onto a conveyor, depalletizing. Uh -huh. That's what we're showing here at the show, right? Right. Um, so doing that really autonomously is, is kind of what's changing. Are you doing those as part of drop-down menus in your in your software environment? Sorry that I haven't been able to work in your environment. Yeah. But is that these software drop-downs? Are we using CAD uh, objects? Yeah. So it's it's like a model-based approach, right? Okay. So you're you're as the user, as the person that's deploying the robot, instead of um, you know, creating waypoints and telling the robot what to do. Right. It's it's you're you're creating the environment. So you're drawing the walls. You're telling it. You're, you're pulling. You know, a drop down menu to choose what what robot manufacturer, what model, um, what type of gripper are you using, uh, and where is all that in space in like a CAD like environment. So I. Uh uh, do you guys have an extensive API library right now? We do, absolutely. Yep, to, to, to really uh, connect to the system for things like analytics and operator level uh, control and interacting with other systems, uh, we can communicate with, you can communicate to us with an API or we can communicate across some of the you know, standard ethernet protocols that are out there. Awesome. So are you getting to the point when you've even got all the major EOTs like a Robotique or a Soft Robotics or any of these other? Well, well, so another thing that we do kind of as an, a necessary extension for some of the applications that we do, we, uh -huh. we make our own grippers typically. Okay. Um, so we do use a lot of standard grippers out there in the market. We use a lot of standard components when we're even making our own gripper. Yeah. Uh, but one thing that we do that's, that's really interesting is we put force torque sensing into most of our grippers. Right. So that not only can we see it with some sort of vision system, mm -hmm. uh, but also we can kind of have tactile feedback and really confirm that what we saw is in feels uh, like what we saw, right? Right. So we, we, uh, we have a lot of redundancy built in with that. Are we doing the same thing, either measuring um, um, uh, air compressor, because I see you've got the vacuum gripper mm -hmm. in the existing, and I want to hear a lot more sure. about that uh, depalletizer unit you've got on there. So feel free to put both those together. Tell us about that awesome demo you've got. Yeah, sure. So uh, yeah, we usually mostly use in vacuum suction for, right. for a lot of our grippers. Um, and yes, we are monitoring the vacuum pressure actively as we're, as we're picking things. So okay. we can kind of, you know, have a lot of tactile sensing there within the gripper. Uh, actually, we're here launching a, a product at the show called Quip, QuickBot. Uh -huh. uh, so QuickBot, the, the idea is that you can quickly deploy uh, an entire work cell that, that's focused on depalletizing. It comes on a skid. A uh, big metal base plate. Uh -huh. um, there's a short piece of conveyor already within in the cell. Uh, the, there's some arms that fold out. So basically, you can you can deploy this thing in a couple hours without having to drill into the ground or connect it really to anything else. Um, and because it's depalletizing, there's really no system level integration either. You don't need to send it uh, anything from the WCS or anything like that. Um, basically, you just bring a pallet and put it in front of it, and we figure out the rest. 
Is there any intent to maybe marry that with an AGV down the road so that we can go from truck to truck to truck to yeah. bay to bay? Or? So, so actually, we're already doing that. We're doing that today in the booth. One of our partners, Robex, one of our integration partners, has brought Super along cool. a, a Mir 1350, and it's right. bringing pallets to the to the robot cell to the QuickBot. Awesome, awesome. Is the is the is the robot so the QuickBot? Is that something that's also going to be mobile in itself or uh, retaskable? Yeah, it is. Re it's definitely um, redeployable. It, right. It's there's fork pockets on the big metal base plates. So you can easily get it in uh, to where you want to put it, uh, right. and you could also move it to somewhere else. The biggest hurdle with uh, installing it will be just dropping power and, and air and Ethernet to the cell. Right on. Yeah, but if you've got Quick Connects right nearby, then those problems are enough. Yeah. So maybe the warehouse of the future. Absolutely. Um, Let's talk about a 50,000 foot. Um, let me ask before we get into the 50,000 foot question. Here in Boston, what's the coolest thing you've seen on the show floor here? I know you've been kind of married into the, the workshop, but I know you've been, yeah. did you do a presentation? I awesome. did do a presentation, yep. So we spoke about removing barriers to automation in the warehouse space. Right. Uh, and we're um, kind of combining, uh, you know, integration, uh, company Robex with, with Mujin and Formic is another company that was on stage with us. So really turning uh, this idea of the QuickBot that's easy to deploy and can integrate with things like mobile robots yeah. uh, into a RAS model through Formic, who is a company that you know purchases automation equipment and then sells it as a, as a robots as a service uh, model. So that that's probably uh, you know selfishly I think what we have out here is the, is the coolest thing that's, right that's on, on, the, on the show floor. Uh, I haven't got to walk around too much uh, to be fair, um, but uh, you know we're doing a, an actual live demonstration of a real world application in this mixed case depalletizing. Absolutely, I know you're keeping the rest of the guys in the in the busy kind of reforming the pallets. And I think you added a chute to kind of yep yep help, we, help we shipped a gravity a conveyor at the last second so we <laughs> we only need one guy to be there now i don't even want yeah. to know what that would cost us <laughs> let's not even have that discussion that would be a rush order here in boston that's nothing, right nothing's cheap in boston <laughs> so uh what are the uh tell me a little bit more about the key markets that mujin is targeting i know sure. we talked a little bit about logistics in general but you see a lot of different subgroups within that yeah absolutely so uh you know the, the folks that are really uh seeing a lot of mixed pallet loads and that's primarily what we're doing on the case handling side we also do piece picking yep. which is you know doing some order filling or putting stuff away into an asrs yes uh you know the primary package good side of side of the robotics world there um what what we're doing on the case handling side what we see is it's, it's you know it's retailers that are receiving a bunch of different pallets and mixed pallets a lot of times from their suppliers it's mm -hmm. those suppliers to retail locations that need to build mixed orders to go out to the, the retail distribution centers. It's e-commerce companies that are you know shipping stuff to a UPS or a FedEx to uh, on, a, on a pallet to right. then go to the, the end location. Um, and really the high volume manufacturers, right? The consumer packaged goods companies, uh, you know, stuff that, you know, shampoo and razor blades and toilet paper, stuff that they make a lot of and, you, and it, it comes in a box and you need to move a lot of them. Well, that, that labor, that, that is, it's really backbreaking work to have to just move cases all day, right? So right. robotics is a great way to, uh, to kind of resolve that. So are you leveraging machine vision as part of that, that depalletizer? Absolutely. Perception okay. is a huge piece to what we do. We have a vision system in almost every one of our applications that we're, that we're working on here. Uh -huh. um, and, and what we do there is, is really uh, have specific solutions within each application. So uh, using things like 3D vision and 2D vision, you right. know, using some of the best suppliers of hardware that are out there on, in that space. Yep. 3D vision's come a really long way in the last five years, and Absolutely. we're leveraging all of that uh, progression. That's, 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 is that what's really helping us go from, you know, cartonizers where everything is the same? 
because the, the demo that I'm seeing on your show floor, none of the boxes are like any of the other boxes, right. but you're not missing a pick and right. your throughput seems to be pretty solid. Yep. So is vision the key component there, the enabler that's there, or it's not, or the, the programming itself also seems to be a secret sauce that might be fun. Yeah, I would, I'd say there's two things. Yes, of course, vision is a huge part of it, right? Being right. able to actually get the 3D point cloud and do something with it, uh, being able to get photorealistic and uh, with the 3D point cloud together, combining that data set to get a be the, the best perception of the environment right. of what you're trying to pick is a, is a huge part of it. I'd say the, the other piece that's kind of a secret sauce for us is, is the motion planning side of it. So uh -huh. uh, being able to have the robot take the most efficient path every single time, we right. take over the servos uh, of the robot maker. So we're kind of bypassing all of their uh, normal programming uh, languages and, and really driving the, the kinematics of the robot ourselves. How important is throughput to an application like that? Is that a spec that your, your, your customers are always asking, where yep. are we at in rate? Yeah, so it's it's an important uh, number in, within every proposal that goes out the door. I'll, right. I'll tell you, it's probably the, outside of price, it's probably the number one thing that gets negotiated in these things. It finds the ROI, yep, right? Yep, and, and you're looking to get somewhere around what a human can do. And humans are really good at doing this kind of stuff, but they're not usually uh, as good in the long run. So instantaneously, a human can do uh, some of the applications that we do a lot faster than right. the robot, but can that person do it for an eight hour shift exactly. faster than the, the robot? the seventh hour of that shift, yep. are you still moving as fast exactly. as you are? Exactly. So we do some race the robot stuff around our office and it's always fun and uh, you can keep up and you can go faster than the robot, but yeah. then, you know, by the time you're unloading like that, even that second, third, fourth pallet, you're <laughs> starting to slow down a little bit, right? This is when we need the, the masseuse service robot. That's right. That That's right. <laughs> so the marriage of perception and machine vision along with robotic handling and motion control planning, um, it seems like this is kind of the perfect show for Mujin. I mean, where we've got vision co-located with AMR. Um, are you guys just having scads of good conversations? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, there's there's a lot of a lot of great uh, folks here that yeah. uh, we're looking to partner with. We we work with a lot of integration partners there to create our to, to take our technology and turn it into a big solution. Uh, and then there's also a lot of uh, big end users here. You know, we had some of them talk upstairs yep. uh, with Procter and Gamble and DHL there. Uh, so there's there's a lot of good uh, good folks here that are trying to advance the cause with automation and and uh, really get the most throughput out of their warehouse. Right. That's that's what they're after. You know, I believe you're one of the few people that I've spoken to who's really got a good solution for 3PL. I mean, when you hear about the retail side, we hear about e-commerce, there's lots of barcodes, so many different solutions there. Uh, high volume, um, kind of, I don't want to say monolithic, but you know, we're, again, where all the packages are about the same size within a given area. Um, is it that flexibility again that's helping you get into that 3PL and additional segments and logistics? 3PL is, is definitely a target. Uh, you know, customer partner for this kind of thing. I mean, yep. they work on contracts typically with, with their with their customers, right? right. So um, when you have a solution like the QuickBot that we talked about that you can pick it up and send it somewhere else, right that, that really works out for them as they, uh, you know, remake their warehouse to work with a new customer. Maybe they, they don't have the contract anymore and they need to do something with that asset. They can easily pick it up and redeploy it. I think another thing that's really important for them because they work on contracts is how they finance the stuff. And yeah. do they actually want to, do they actually want to own the equipment or do they want to work with someone like Formic uh, that, that we spoke with here at the show to do more of a, a pay for use of the equipment. You know, you, you, you pay for an, an hourly, hourly, hourly rate right. uh, for use, robots as a service, exactly. I think that's uh, another critical piece to uh, remove barriers is, is how do you buy it? You know, and that's one of the most interesting offshoots of retasking robots. And we always talk about robots, you know, future possible refurbishment, 
retest to get even more ROI out of that asset expenditure. But if you can just take that CapEx big expenditure right out of the loop, um, it's definitely opening up the opportunities to so many more organizations who may not have giant capital expenditures, but could benefit from an automated solution uh, right. in material handling. That's super cool. Absolutely. You think of it uh, from the payback perspective, a lot of folks are looking, you know, in the two to three year payback range, hoping that for that with CapEx. Yeah. But ultimately, these, these systems, they can last 10, 15 years, right? Without right. too much maintenance. There's really not a whole lot of maintenance outside of, you know, the friction that's caused on the gripper, right? You need to maybe change some parts there over time. Sure. But sure, sure. ultimately, uh, you know, this, this RAS model is going to help you get the full payback in a very short amount of time and then reuse that asset for whatever you need to use it for. Absolutely, and, and, and roll it out to many more facilities. If you've got multiple locations across, you get a singular solution that, you know, it'll be the same wherever, whatever building goes, with the flexibility to adapt to existing conditions in that, in Absolutely. that, in that facility at that point. Josh, can't thank you enough for coming on and talking with, uh, with Manufacturing Matters today. I really appreciate your time. And if you've got any questions for Josh or Mujin, please just uh, send us a quick email, give us a call over Tech B2B, we'll get that. Make sure to share and like this video so that we can continue to spread the word about why manufacturing matters here in North America and across the world. And Josh, thanks again for your time. Thanks for having me.